Hello, you next chapters. I hope you well. My name is Palasas Khomutumutumi. I'm the host of the next chapter podcast by Palasas Khomutumutumi. It's been quite some time and obviously with the year starting and also the the young South African scholars going back to school, I've been very, very conscious about rest these couple of months these couple of weeks and i promised myself that i would finish a book called memoirs of a dutiful daughter by simone de beauvoir on our last podcast and you can check it out uh, the first podcast i titled it what i have for 2022 and obviously i still got it i still have that intention to read books that matter and to read across the board, not specifying on genre, on, you know, country or any nation, because, you know, reading is an exercise of self-love. I really believe that when we read, we exercise our freedom of expression and also our freedom to associate with different ideas and different uh, characteristics and characters and lessons and I thought okay since I have been very very naughty I haven't really been able to pin down a time for me to read and that's been a challenge for me since the beginning of lockdown in South Africa that I read when I'm in a good space and currently I've been working through so much for the year that I kind of do neglect reading so I I decided that every morning which is what I'm doing right now I would read a few pages of a book that I intend on reviewing and I've laid out three books in front of me which are very very important to this journey that I've taken because of course they are diverse and by women and also they are written in such a magnificent manner and so I'm going to start obviously with the one that I've been reading which is by Simone de Beauvoir, Memoirs of a Dutiful Daughter and this publication, this this written text was um, published very early in, in the 19... In the 1950s and the copy that I have which is quite old I had to actually put it together family I had to you know use some skills here to make it look presentable it was published in 1958 and it is a publication that Simone de Beauvoir wrote after she wrote Second Sex because she wanted to use practical exam a practical example of what Second Sex was and she sort of talks about her childhood in this in this book and it's a wonderful example of an autobiographical non-fiction literary work so I'm really excited to continue I love the cover it's 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 really really artistic and penguin did a really good job in this in this mat in this magnificent text and i can't wait to actually um continue and finish it so i'm just going to read the back of the book and it says this is obviously back in the day in the 19 
the 1950s when it got a review in the New Statesman. And it says it was written by V.S. Pritchett in the New Statesman. And it says the unique and sensitive story of Simone de Beauvoir's stiflingly respectable childhood and of her revolt against it at the Sorbonne with Jean Paul Sartre. Miller de Beauvoir is clear, honest, an excellent psychologist and the central part of her book, which carefully takes the years between 13 and 17 to pieces, is admirable. I do not remember having read a girl's adolescent life being done before with anything like Miller de Beauvoir's pleasant precision. So I think when I read this, I really, when I got this, I got this at at a secondhand store. I can't remember where, but I, I usually think that these kinds of books don't actually come up in our bookstores easily. So sometimes getting a text from a secondhand store is very very um it's archival work and it's it's quite important for me to visit secondhand stores or 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 stores that sell you know copies of books that have been in existence for such a long time i do have a a range of my pod my postcards that i actually use uh, (laughs) that i actually have and I actually want to start um, to start using these postcards to to write to people in 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 some countries um, that I that I know people that I've actually known for many years. So I'm planning to send a postcard quite soon to the UK, which is quite exciting for me. Um, and so yeah, um, the reason why I'm mentioning postcards is because. You know, in the 1950s, or rather leading up to the 1960s, that was a very important time for black liberation movements, uh, specifically across the, 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 you know, the Atlantic Sea. We have people who have been revolutionizing their, their, their political, um, stances and situations for, since the 19th. 1960s i mean the u.s has always been clear about the civil you know the 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 plight of black people since the 1960s and they've actually documented um their 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 trajectory right and so i'm quite interested to read this book because in france at the time and I, i mean historians can correct me in france at the time it was the revolution of what the role of a woman should be in France and that's when Simone de Beauvoir was leading the the, one of the leaders of that conversation around feminism and I was quite interested in this book because as a feminist and a thinker and a writer and a practitioner in 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 the creative sector I really think that feminists are really the 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 core of our of our um of our of our universal you know universal language because without equality without people being able to see the role of women being imported in society and also the the equality of men i think we we are very often um put in in these two groups of of just men and women and not thinking that there's a whole spectrum of uh people that we need to also consider human beings and 
I think that reading a feminist text, I would, well, in, in, in so to speak, is important for my understanding of what it takes to be a, a, a woman. And because we think about becoming a woman, you know, we think about so many issues in, in, in feminist um, in feminist studies or even in feminist thinking or feminist writing, uh, Simone de Beauvoir, for many, many feminists, is obviously white, is a woman from France, had been going, had gone to a very elitist university in a very upmarket society um, and went to one of the best universities in that country, Sorbonne, or if not the world. And you know, rubbed shoulders with with Jean Paul Sartre and and all of that. And I think that a lot of the time, we take for granted the importance of that kind of privilege. And and when when you read her first few, you know, her first few uh, pages of this book, um, you realize that um, immediately she came from a very privileged background. And um, and I guess my sense is that most of the time when we when we think about feminists, um, we often think about people that are really, really um, from from very different circumstances from Simone de Beauvoir. And yeah, and 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 I can clearly say that as 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 my experience um, dictates. I come from a very different background from Simone de Beauvoir and um, as part of the research that I was doing on her life, I came across a very interesting um, YouTube video and it was um, a woman who had written um, a book, a researcher who had written a book on Simone de Beauvoir and it's, it's quite interesting to see scholars reflecting on Simone de Beauvoir's work in Europe and challenging some of the 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 some of the writing that she, she and some of the philosophy that she presented it's quite interesting to see that um, that diff, that that transition into um, into into criticizing what um, she stood for and what she had written and what she had presented to the world so I'm quite excited to see how I feel (laughs) in the next podcast after completing reading this book okay so enough about that it seems like there's a because this book has got a, a a little bit of um my favorite one of my favorite colors is um is uh, Lavender. The cover of Simone de Beauvoir's Memoirs of a Dutiful Daughter has got a figure that's painted in lavender. And funny enough, I then went and bought a book by Mohale Mashiko called The Yearning. And it is also written in a beautiful font with the, perp- the, the lavender color. And it's... Um, it's really interesting that I, I I picked I picked this book up. I don't know, maybe mentally at the back of my mind, I was always thinking about Memoirs of a Dutiful Daughter, um, the cover of, of the book, and now I landed 
I managed to buy Mohale Mashikho's The Yearning and it's written in lavender boldly and it's, 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 it's magnificent. Um, so I went out this weekend, this past weekend, and I went to buy Mahalo Mashikho's The Yearning and I think that I'm ready to read it. I started reading it. I'm one of those readers who read simultaneously with one book and with one book and then if I get tired with that book I go to the next one or if I feel very emotional during the book I will go skip to another book I can read up to like four or five books at a time which is messed up because apparently we're not supposed to do that (laughs) um so I am that kind of reader Um, So I'm going to read the back of this book as well. So, I mean, just to give context, I will do a review later on. But I think that for just the sake of people who don't know what the yearning can be about, I'm just going to read what is written about it, um, the blurb at the back of the book. So it says, how long does it take for scars to heal? How long does it take for a scarred memory to fester and rise to the surface? For Marubini, the question is whether scars ever heal when you forget they are there to begin with. Marubini is a young woman who has an enviable life in Cape Town, working at a wine farm and spending idyllic days with her friends until her past starts spilling into her present. Something dark has been lurking in the shadows of Marubini's life from as far back as she can remember. It's only a matter of time before it reaches out and grabs at her. The yearning is a memorable exploration of the ripple effects of the past, of personal strength and courage, and of the shadowy intersections of traditional and modern worlds. Wow. I'd never read the blurb up until this moment, and I mean... This is one of the most magnificent books I've ever looked at. It looks amazing. It feels amazing. When you read the book, well, I've started a little bit. I can almost sense that the writer was, you know, Mohale, obviously, when she wrote this book, she was a first-time writer. She, she'd just been living in Cape Town and working um, in Cape Town. And I remember when she when the book came out because i don't like spending money on books that just come out i i give it some time you know i give it a bit of time to actually buy the book and when the book came out there was a lot of talk about mohali mashikho being um the next generation of south african writers who would just break the mold right and um people you know compared her to so many South African stalwarts that I thought it was unfair to actually do that Um, because you know we all if you've ever lived in Cape Town if you've ever known how it is to live in Cape Town you'll understand that Cape Town is a very segregated um, city and in, in many levels class through class race and gender um one can realize that it is very segregated um and just yesterday i was reading a news article that um that that really took me back into how cape town can be as much as it's beautiful with all its uh, glory in the mountain and the sea i think that there's a lot of work um 
that happen that needs to happen in that city and so people like Mohale Mashuho bringing light to that in their books is very 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 um admirable it's quite admirable i'll use that word <laughs> um so and then the third book that i actually started reading last year towards the end of last year i'd had this copy for quite some time i'd had it wow it's it's actually looking very cool because it's it's brand new excuse me um so it's arundhati roy um, and it's the Ministry of, of Utmost Happiness. The Ministry of Utmost Happiness. That's the title. And it's by Arundhati Roy. And the one thing that I really love about this book is that it's just a magnificent... It, it's just a magnificent book in the sense that it, it reads really well. And... I thought, well, when I bought it, I was like, it must be read because it's Arundhati Roy, right? But I also felt daunt. It also felt daunting because Arundhati Roy doesn't write like normal people. <laughs> I think Arundhati Roy writes like you know, yeah. She's an she's an amazing. Um, linguist and writer she knows she has a good command of the english language and quite incredibly quite frankly and incredibly she is one of the foremost literary voices in the world and i respect her all all the way you know um so i kind of got to a place where i read it i mean my bookmark is at the at the at the very 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 beginning and already i had gotten so much from reading the first few pages right um and it's a thick book it's a very thick book and 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 you and one gets surprised that this very thick book can capture you right from the beginning and i can't wait to finish it as well and yeah it's it, these are the three books that i have been wanting to finish and i'm going to try and finish them as soon as i can and hopefully in the next podcast which is probably something that i'm playing around with i've got a few ideas on into who to interview and i've gotten some really positive feedback from from the individuals i'd like to interview so february is going to be an interesting month it's my birthday month and i am super excited that i will be sharing this with 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 some of the writers and some voices um i do think that my the curation of the conversations that i'm going to have with authors is going to be a telling of where i want the podcast to land in your ears i do think that the podcast is the the new the new series on on literary literature and books is going to capture your imagination and create some sort of conversation with your friends with your family members with your kids with your you know boyfriend bay um because i think that books are that books are conversation starters books are dinner icebreakers you know um i am thrilled that i'm starting on this journey because if i didn't start 
I would not know where I would be. This podcast keeps me going. It gives me life. It gives me so much more than just talking. It gives me an entire universe to explore myself. And I'm grateful for that. With all of these books that I am trying to finish, I'd like to also pose a question to you guys, okay? Because um, I think that in this year, I did set my intention in the first podcast recording for this series. Go back and listen to it. It's, it's, it's titled What I Have for 2022. Um, I do have a special announcement that we will be starting a YouTube channel and that YouTube channel is basically going to be geared around creating content for creatives to, to just mull over and think over. So it's a capacity building channel. It's basically going to be me. It's going to be me talking about how to build certain things how to it's basically going to be me telling you what my mistakes were and how to fix them and it's just giving you a seamless account of what you can do to make sure that you are not making the same mistakes that i did right um i think a lot of people who listen to me thank you to those 10 who listened to my first episode um i really appreciate you i really think that um it's about time that i raise the amount of people who listen to this podcast because yeah i am that woman who shares a lot and wants the best for people especially in the creative industries um because i think that the creative economy is where it's at um all the countries in the world they need to realize that the creative economy is where our gdp can actually collectively um become more than what it is now it can increase um, and research has shown that it's possible so without further ado the more people read the more people get educated the more people get enlightened the more people get spiritually fed and i think that books do that for me i get spiritually fed every time i finish a book so anyway follow me on the socials at jaji at t-y-a-t-y-i see you next time